0: Good day to everybody wherever you may be in the world. Welcome to the Maritime Podcast. My name's Paul Bartlett, and I'd like to welcome you to this podcast. I'm a journalist and an independent shipping consultant, and I've worked in the maritime business since completing my nautical studies degree in Plymouth quite a few years ago. Today is the day of the seafarer, and this year, more than most, our debt of gratitude to the men and women who keep our ocean, regional and coastal supply chains running smoothly is greater than ever. On top of the usual hardship of life at sea, seven day working, often two shifts a day, irregular sleep patterns, little chance to relax, and month upon month of continuous work, many seafarers have been unable to return home or sign up for new work as the global pandemic has gripped our world. Seafarers themselves have been badly affected, but so too have many of their loved ones. Communications have been patchy, sometimes non-existent, and many seagoing personnel have not been able to send money home to their families as usual. In countries which supply large numbers of seagoing personnel, the economic hardship has been far-reaching. Today, I have been lucky enough to catch up with Captain Mohammed Al-Ali, Senior Vice President of Ship Management at Adnok Logistics and Services. As an accomplished ex-seafarer, Captain Mohammed knows the trials and tribulations of life at sea only too well. During his 12 years on the water, he rose spectacularly from an Adnok cadet to become the United Arab Emirates first LNG carrier shipmaster. Since he came ashore in 2009, His career has continued its impressive development, and today he oversees the company's technical and crew management as a senior vice president. I started by asking him about the treatment of seafarers in the modern world, not only during the pandemic, although this spell has greatly increased their hardship. I asked Captain Mohammed, as an ex seafarer, what maritime authorities, governments, flag states, and the IMO should be doing to support seafarers in the essential role that they fill and to ensure just working conditions and employment rights in the future.
1: IMO have tried quite hard to spread awareness, issue guidance, encourage governments, but unfortunately it's not sufficient. They're still left to the governments and their internal restriction to um, control how the seafarer crew change is actually taking place. After a year where people actually thought this COVID would be over, it's clearly it's not going to be over for maybe another few years. And we cannot continue with this approach of trying to manage crew change on an ad hoc basis, wherever you know we can do it and we, when it is not possible. It is left to the, you know, uh, ship owners to find a solution without any support from the governments. I believe, you know, the IMO role is really they have to put the governments you know, in one room and, you know, really uh, stress on the risk that we have in, in, at hand. The seafarers have, you know, extended their stamina, their cooperation to an outstanding level. We cannot ask for more from these guys, honestly. So at this time now we really stand by these guys, you know, and not only by, you know, making nice words and nice speeches, but actually making actions to support mm. dedicated separate process that's not, you know, the standard process of quarantine of normal travelers who are coming into the country, but to, you know, allow and facilitate coaching. In UAE, we are very much proud that we were quite pioneer in this regard, in, in, in Asia at least, that we have facilitated crew change ahead of everybody else and we have a separate process where we, we are enabled uh, the, the, the crew change and this is something that we as ADNUC enjoyed because our home port it, it was quite important to allow these crew changes it's not the same for everybody and 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 we would like you know all the the, the, the governments to to uh, you know adapt similar process to have uh, you know, uh, the, the crew change uh, as a priority uh, and separate mm. from a normal travel
0: arrangements. Mm. Linked to that, I mean, the misery that many seafarers have had to go through, through extended tours of duty and inability to to go home, is one thing. It's it's made worse by some of the conditions that they live under. Do you think it's right that they should not now be connected with mo- being able to send emails and uh, and phone home? They can on some progressive fleets, and I'd like to hear about your arrangement, at Ock, but on many ships, they can't do that.
1: It's not right at all. And uh, it's inhumane to keep, keep them disconnected and uh, for them to, uh, you know, chase phone signals, you know, whenever they actually get closer to the land. You know, we need to find a mechanism, you know, part of our obligation as uh, you know owners and employers to these seafarers, that it will make these kind of facilities available as a base offer to the employees. So in, in, in that look, you know, uh, we uh, have fitted all our vessels with with Vsat. It is uh, even on board the coastal vessels uh, and, and uh, the, we have you know, 24-7 connectivity. And we even during this pandemic, we provided them uh, with uh, you know, um, uh, free phone cards so they can you know get in touch with their families whenever they need. Even you know uh, when they go home, we provide them with gift vouchers so they can buy some nice gifts uh, to their families. This is aside from the financial incentives, you know, to, for paying them bonus for for being you know uh, staying on board longer and 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 uh, during the time they go uh, in quarantine before they they, they join vessels, they, they are not off pay, so they are on duty from the time they start. Many incentives we try to to make their life easier. Because they are going through
0: a lot. Sure. More generally, the life of a seafarer now is very different than how it was even 10 years ago. But in 10 years' time, it's going to be different again. And different skill sets, I think, are going to be required. So what is your strategy at ADNOC in terms of recruitment and training? I'm thinking here that the seafarers of tomorrow will have to be digitally very much more aware.
1: Uh, Definitely. I mean, we have partnered with uh, world-class crew managers, such as, you know, uh, Bernard Schulter and Ships, to support us in recruiting the best talent in the market. We um, go through a very, uh, unlike any other owner as well, very robust uh, recruitment process where, you know, we start with interviews, you know, psychometric tests, and then, you know, uh, we, we you know, assess their uh, ability once they join on board, providing them with the necessary introduction and training before even they come on board so they can properly oriented with all our digital platforms and systems that we have you know the, the ships are becoming more automated more digital as, as we move along and you need to introduce all the seafarers to this technology so they can utilize all these tools for for the most efficient and safe operations on board the vessels we also you know try as well you know uh, to to uh, provide them with proper guidance and and Video training on board the vessels, so help them even to carry the knowledge going forward. Hopefully, the uh, you know, and whenever uh, you know uh, they have any issues and, and and training needs, they raise it. We try to accommodate it. When we have sea uh, staff workshops, because we hold around four workshops per year, where we cover as much as fifty percent of our seafarers every year during these workshops.
0: Right, right you have a very diverse fleet you've got gas carriers you've got VLCCs products tankers and other ships bulk carriers. are your seafarers today sort of completely interchangeable between ship types or not?
1: this would be very challenging because of certifications as well and experience and oil major requirement for crew metrics we are able to you know uh, maybe exchange between product and, and, and crude carrier as much as far as we can, of course, between the driver carriers and, and, and the container vessels. But you cannot, unfortunately, with the gas fleet, because of the, you know, the gas endorsement and the sure. certification required. And the offshore and the marine service fleet, all obviously these are completely separate trade. Yes. That cannot be also exchanged uh, interchanged with the with the shipping fleet. But uh, you know, as far as we can, you know, we try to cross-utilize in order to provide the best experience to
0: our sewers. Now, Abu Dhabi, as one of the Emirates, has a very progressive approach to decarbonisation with very exciting projects on land and at sea. But I'm interested to find out about adnox strategy in terms of its ships and ESG, environmental societal governance, strategies as well. What initiatives are underway?
1: For our vision is to um, you know, um, reduce our uh, carbon footprint by another 20% from now until 2030. So we, we have, you know, a, a target of 2% reduction every year. We are, and also we ensure that all our new, uh, fleet that's being, you know, acquired or built, they are also built to the latest design and technology that provides the best efficiency. We even went for alternative fuel to our uh, new built VLCC. It's going to be dual fuel, VLCC uh, that they, can, they have the ability to burn LNG. As fuel, really, and our uh, uh, LPG new builds also they, they are going to be dual fuel. That they are having the ability to burn LPG as fuel. This is you know to enhance our carbon footprint moving forward. This is aside from various energy efficiency initiatives that we we continuously uh, have research and development in house to look into uh, various means where so we replace, for example, propellers. We we install nervous duct. We we enhance also coating, we, we have you know performance monitoring system on all the vessels so we can assist the performance and and ensure that they are fully optimized and final point i would like to say is we are looking into renewables so we are you know uh, coordinating with, with some partners in the industry to um, carry out trials and, and research and development for uh, you know wind propulsion for um, solar power and hybrid systems on vessels
0: great you mentioned voyage performance there briefly that seems to be a very interesting area in terms of maximizing cargo carrying time minimizing ballast hauls and also weather routing and, and making sure that the engine is aligned to the uh, requirements of the conditions can you give a little bit more detail on uh, adnox Approach to this voyage so monitoring we, business?
1: We, we partnered with the artificial intelligence and technology partners in the industry, such as, you know, uh, Marorca, and we had it installed in, uh, on all our vessels, where it allows us to uh, look at the, the vessel performance and implement just in time concepts. So you arrive, right. you need to arrive with the minimum fuel consumption. We yeah. are able to carry out weather routing uh, across the, the passage of the vessel. So it, it actually you know follows the current and, and reduces the fuel consumption. Also we, uh, it allows you to implement trim optimization. So what is the optimum trim that you can tilt the vessel, for example, by the head or the stem to give you the least water resistance while the vessel is sailing through the water. All of this is, you know, uh, only being feasible through these artificial intelligence tools that we provide in all of the vessels.
0: And this was with Morocco in Iceland? Yes, absolutely. Yes. You know the company. Yeah, it's, well, it's a bit different up there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> correct, correct. Just in terms of uh, LNG and LPG, you operate significant fleets in both of these sectors um, and both do offer a fantastic decarbonization opportunity in the short run. So, for example, in Africa and poor parts of the world, let's say, many people still use charcoal and wood for fuel. But LPG is actually an opportunity to decarbonize those very carbon-intensive materials and improve the lives of those people. So, how do you see LNG and LPG as transition fuels before we get to new exciting fuels of the future, like hydrogen. We believe that LNG in particular,
1: it's the fuel bridge from now until uh, you, you get to the zero carbon fuel in the future. The main challenge for uh, you know having the, the other types of fuels, such as hydrogen, ammonia, and uh, biogas, is actually the availability. And when, when you talk about ammonia, for example, uh, the calorific value is almost half of the calorific value of lng so uh, you need twice as much quantity and the same thing when you talk about hydrogen you, it's almost like you need four times the quantity so so the technology needs to develop in a way that you need less fuel in the future and mm. then it, it makes you know sense that you are able to uh, implement these alternative fuel on the vessels in addition to that is the availability as well, you know, and and, and, uh, and the, uh, the commercial viability of the mm-hmm. fuel once once it becomes available and the technology develops to produce them at a very competitive level. Today, you know, unfortunately, we are not there yet. And in order to ensure that we uh, improve our carbon footprint, LNG is available, the network is, is widely um, getting distributed, and it also provides good optimization and almost 25% reduction in CO2, so we believe it is a good bridge. And in the future, you can easily convert these LNG dual fuel vessels to ammonia or biogas because it, it is feasible for, for uh, when, when you look at the design and potential conversion.
0: Well, I'd like to return to the uh, question of the day of the seafarer, since uh, that's what we're here to talk about. And you were very uh, clear about what needs to happen and everybody needs to pull together. But if you were to send a message to the IMO, to Mr Kitak Lim, let's say, at the IMO about the urgency of this, please, can you let me know what that might be? Not just okay. to Mr Kitak Lim, but also to the uh, shipping organizations and all of the rest of the people, who are, the other stakeholders who must be involved.
1: I uh, urge IMO to hold a meeting with all the governments and all the stakeholders in this business to put the seafarers as a priority and to find solutions to develop specific processes to enable crew change to take place smoothly with the safety measures in place so we don't also expose these governments to any additional risk at the moment it seems that this is not the top priority of the agenda of, of these governments and the stakeholders and we need that this is my main message put our hour together and work together so that we can find solution and make this as a priority seafarers deserve it they have sacrificed they have worked hard, the extended commitment beyond the imagination. They need
0: our support. Well, thank you, Captain Mohammed. Now, just finally, I would like to ask you whether there are any other points that you'd like to raise from an adnoc point of view. We've covered quite a bit of ground, but there may be uh, burning issues for all I know that you would like to uh, tell me about.
1: I believe, you know, uh, in adnoc uh, we spare no efforts to support our seafarers and they always consider to be our top priority. From the very beginning of the pandemic, we have considered their well-being and we tried extremely hard to ensure their safety throughout. And we even you know, put them in front of the business. Whenever there was uh, you know, a commercial pressure or uh, a commercial need, we put their interests first. And we will continue doing that. And because we believe that they are the front line, they are the ones who are actually running the business and they deserve to be recognized and to be supported.
0: Well, I hope you found Captain Muhammad's points as thought-provoking and, at times, as disturbing as I did. On this day of the seafarer, we should all spare a thought for the many thousands of men and women who enable us to live our lives as we do. I would like to thank Captain Muhammad most sincerely for his insight into the lives of seafarers and what those with the power to intervene should be doing to lighten their load. Thank you for listening.